If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Frank and Beans. Welcome to Frank and Beans, everybody. Frank and Beans, the sex and relationship podcast. The sex and relationship podcast that sometimes talks about food. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm Beth, where I'm Beth, and I'm Brian. And yeah, we are just two best pals talking about all the sexy things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like last week, Brian Brian's favorite topic ever: mm. food in the bedroom. Mm. <laughs> Still a no on that. In case you couldn't tell, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> but it was fun. And I, I thought I was going to flip-flop you. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I thought I was going to flip-flop you on that one. I'm kind of disappointed I didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Although I do have to call you out, because in hindsight, you did say that the cherry thing could be potentially sexy, and then the champagne thing, too. So. Sure, sure. And, you know... I, I would... You have to say... I, I, you have to give me at least 10% yes on that. <laughs> fair, 10%. Yeah, like I don't mind, right. um, you know, there are foods that are aphrodisiac, so that's like, but, you know, licking something off of somebody, I don't know. Weird. You never know until you try, Brian. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That is fair. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, if you liked Food in the Bedroom or any other episode that we've done, uh, please leave us a review. Please subscribe. Uh, you can leave reviews on iTunes, Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else? I don't know if iHeartRadio will allow you to. Facebook. Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Please review us on Facebook. We got that shitty one hanging out that brought us down to a 4.6. Mm. Which I accept full responsibility for <laughs> because it was just me talking shit to someone online. Yeah. And then he just wanted to rant and rave about nothing. Exactly. Uh, I hope he feels exactly. better about himself. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, if we're not pissing at least a couple of people off along the way, we're not doing it right. That is true. Not our main goal, but it's a good side quest. Yeah. <laughs> side quest. <laughs> Yeah, also follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Are you still doing the Twitter? Yep. Yes, I am. Uh, you you know, you can automatically post to our Instagram from your Facebook now, right? I had no idea. Oh, okay. I'm not. I... We'll have an off-air discussion about that. <laughs> okay. I'm dumb when but it yeah, comes for to now, if you wanna fo- But for now, if you're not really an Instagram person, or if you're an Instagram person, I apologize. You know, we're not really good at that particular app, but the other two are lit. Yeah. If anybody out there wants to be like a social media uh, manager intern in... Yeah, it's a real resume builder. Yeah, you bet it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We will give you free stickers and koozies, but for the people who don't volunteer, you got to pay for it on our Patreon www.patreon.com slash frankenbeans, all spelled out. For as little as $3, though, you can get a... Oh, the sound of Whoa, my people. Whoa, you're sounding so loud. I know. <laughs> that was a hell of a crack. No doubt. That's definitely worth $3. But uh, we'll, yeah. we'll drink a beer in your honor. We'll cheers you. We'll tell your grandma happy birthday. Tell the guy that ghosted you, fuck you. Um, we'll promote your business. That's the cheapest $3 advertisement you can ever do. Honestly, yeah. For 
over a hundred thousand listens. Yeah. You know. I'd say. I'd say. Yeah, we're also a part of the Pitch Kansas City Podcast Network, so all good stuff, all good ways to get your business out there or, you know, put the guy who ghosted you on blast. Yeah. In front yeah. of potentially Brian. hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> Brian, speaking of business, are you ready for the fuck yeah news story of the week? Straight to business. I like it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah news story of the week. Fuck yeah news story of the week. We've got traffic strip of fuck yeah. Master betting in an Ikea. All right. This week. Baltimore businessman who paid $90,000 for sex pleads guilty. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, a Baltimore financier pleaded guilty this week to charges of transporting a woman across state lines for prostitution. Ooh, you can't do that. Charles. <laughs> no, Charles. Chuck Nabbit who owns the Westport Group LLC, was charged in February by the Maryland U.S. Attorney's Office after he paid a woman for sex and took her from Maryland to South Florida around July 29th in 2019. Hmm. The case against Nabbit, 64, stems from charges against an alleged trafficker, D'Angelo Johnson, who was indicted in October 2019 after an investigation that began in Howard County. Charges against Johnson, to which he has pleaded not guilty, say he used force, fraud, and coercion and took half or all of the money the women working for him had earned. Oh, wow. Nabbit, Nabbit paid Johnson at least $90,000 for sex with women beginning in March 2019, according to his plea agreement. Holy he brought women shit. to his downtown... Yeah, yeah. He brought women to his downtown office, his car, and other Baltimore locations for sex. Three women said that Nabbit recorded their sex acts with a GoPro camera. <laughs> <laughs> a GoPro was the GoPro on his penis. I'm dying to know. Uh, despite their objections, oh my god! So he did that. Oh my god, he taped it without their consent. Also, so that's great. oh no good. Uh, so Nabbit, who previously owned Mountain Manor Treatment Center, an addiction treatment center in Baltimore, supplied drugs to some of the women with whom he was paying Johnson for sex. Uh, one victim repeatedly discussed her drug addiction in text messages and expressed her, her desire to obtain treatment to Nabbit and had submitted an application for treatment at Mountain Manor Treatment Center after Nabbit was no longer an owner. In May 2019, the woman's mother, with whom Nabbit communicated on several occasions about her daughter's drug use, told Nabbit that she had died of a drug overdose. That's so sad. Holy shit. It is unfortunate that the prostitutes with whom my client met had existing drug habits, like the overwhelming majority of people who get... What? Oh, this guy's an asshole. Like, the overwhelming majority of people who engage in prostitution? That is bullshit. Yeah, you what can't... What a piece of shit lawyer. Yeah, you can't say that. That's... No. No. Oh, my God. Hmm. 90 grand, though, in over two years? No, this was just in 2019. Oh, my God. I'm becoming yeah, obviously a sex the worker. court system is a little. Yeah, the the uh, legal system is a little bit behind because I mean, if you think about it, November of 2019 is when like he was initially indicted, and now it's April of 2021. Gotcha. Yeah, and they're finally like able to process this case, but. Oof, that's Man so alive. much money. You know what kills me though? 
Right. Okay. First of all, fuck his lawyer for talking like that yeah. about sex workers. And B, that has nothing to do with this guy fucking illegally paying. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to use that as an excuse? Well, I mean, these are the stinky lawyers that, you know, use that character destroying bullshit to make his client look better. Who spends 90 oh, grand sounds... on sex? Like, I mean, that better be some <laughs> out of this world, you know, sex with That's Sasquatch a... type shit. Right, that's more than we make in a year. Right, combined. More than most people make in a year. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that is so much money. Also, if we start deregulating this shit, then, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who was pimping her out wouldn't have got to take half. That's true. Yeah, that's 100%. And it seems like he was exploiting her drug addiction, if anything. So fuck him. Glad he's being indicted and he's going to fucking go to jail because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck yeah for that. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! All right. Beth, let's get to our topic today. This is a good one. Another one that yeah. I'm like, why should why didn't we do this like within our first 10 episodes? <laughs> right. But you know what? I think the timing is perfect on it because there's just been like all these... There's, the reason I thought about it was just like there was like all these little like like references to it that came up this week for me. So I was like, this is what we got to do. And then sure enough, I found this very interesting research that's being done on the topic. And it was really, really eye-opening. Yeah, for sure. So without further ado, our topic today is sex education. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, my experience growing up, sex education, mm-hmm. um, I grew up in the 90s. So I was born in 82. Um, so maybe 96 is when I got, no, I don't know. Seventh grade is when this was first, uh, brought up. Wait, what? Sixth grade? Sixth grade or seventh grade? I want to say- I know that like our, mine was definitely elementary school. It was either fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a little bit of- Where they separate the boys and the girls? No, no. They separate the boys and the girls? I mean, not really. You guys didn't sell... Uh-uh. What? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, we literally had, like... We had the day where they take the boys in one room and the girls in the other, and you both watch, like, separate, super uncomfortable videos all day. Hmm. I don't remember that in fifth grade. It's crazy. Yeah, maybe sixth grade, but... I, I think I lost my virginity in sixth grade, you know what I mean? Oh, that's right. Did you teach the sex education course at your school? <laughs> <laughs> I was the subject matter expert. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very, very basic. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. If you have sex, you're either mm-hmm. going to get pregnant or you're going to get AIDS. We grew up during the Magic Johnson Oh yeah. Uh, educational AIDS happens every time you have sex or right. you get pregnant. Right. You will get pregnant and you will die. You will get, yeah. <laughs> As for, for mean girls. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember it like, yeah, I was in, I was going to school in Indiana at the time. Mm-hmm. So that could explain why maybe they felt the need to start it a little earlier. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like really, like we didn't have, so I remember that in elementary school where they just took you in a separate room and you're like, they like show you all these videos. It's like this is like the um, 
stick figure human who has like, uh, you know, it wasn't really like a scientific picture of the female anatomy, but it was right. like more of like a cartoon, like, you know how like in the uh, like uh, diarrhea medication commercials, it's just like a, a yeah. basic figure with like a tube that leads down to the stomach. Yeah, that was kind of like mm-hmm. the drawing of it. <laughs> so, um and then, you know, I know that my family did not talk about this at all. No, like, no, I my had family no didn't talk. Either. So thankfully, I had a sister that was seven years older than me. And so, you know, like, it was more like of, uh, I would find stuff out on my own and then go have a discussion with her about it. Gotcha. But there was no, like, preemptive parent conversation. Right, no, me either. Me either. I have to wonder if things are different now. Like, are parents less prude about it now? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I think the the new generation they they seem to be pretty woke and pretty laid back about sex, and I don't know. So I don't know how that goes. But yeah, in my household, it was you did not talk about it. Not one I think bit. in our generation, in our generation, it was more like. Everybody just avoided the topic, and it wasn't like there was negative education so much about it or positive information about it. But now I feel like the way that things are going and, like, how the divide of how people live their lives seems to, like, be growing more Mm -hmm. in the opposite direction, you probably have kids that are talked about it talk to about it more frequently but you either have one side of it where it's like you know we're gonna just be comfortable talking about these things in this house or you have the opposite end of it where like there's the super hardcore like christian like you're gonna you know yeah you're gonna die if you have sex or you're going to hell if you had sex sure. before marriage or whatever and like that's it and if we don't talk about if it or agree. acknowledge it it doesn't happen <laughs> right <laughs> you know <laughs> All right. Right. Or they're active about talking about it, but, you know, (laughs) just not, like, in a healthy way. For sure. Yeah. So how early is too early to be educated in sex? Hmm. Mm -hmm. New study from Montclair University. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, right before we even get started, what would, what is your answer to that? What was, how early is too early? How early is too early? Um, I feel like... I don't. I don't feel like kindergarten. I feel like kindergarten is way too early. But I could see like okay. a progression of, you know, we're not going to tell you everything. Look at, you know, if it was the same, if it was taught the same way as history or math class, you build upon the knowledge you learned the year before. So if it was something like that, to where, yeah, they do kind of um, approach it in kindergarten and build on that, that would be fine. But I don't think kindergartens know what the fuck is going on to know what sex and AIDS and pregnancy is, you know? Right. But yeah. Okay. Um, did you read this beforehand? I'm just asking. Mm-mm. No, I never you didn't. Do. Okay. 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 Then I, uh, right. That's what I thought. I was like, there's no, okay. I'm very, uh, yeah. We'll get to why I think that's shocking to me mm-hmm. later on, but okay. Okay. I'm glad just sort of establish that that's your answer right now. Yeah. Carry sure. on. Okay. So, um, a new study from Montclair University shows that children as young as kindergarten should be taught sex education. Okay, so, it's like, wait, what? Mm. Didn't you just say kindergarten is too early? Yeah. But, I promise you, you will be convinced, unlike last week, you will be convinced otherwise (laughs) by the end of this episode. Okay. Okay. 
So anyway, the study was really interesting because, you know, there's obviously I think any normal person could be like, yeah, kindergarten's probably too young. Mm -hmm. However, if you think about it and you once we talk more about how the study is conducted and what they mean by that, I think everyone will be convinced of this. Right. Yeah. Okay. so uh, to establish right off the bat, um, the benefits of beginning sex education early are many. Okay. So first of all, it can prevent child sex abuse. Right. That's huge. So think about. Yeah. if If a child in kindergarten doesn't know what sex abuse is. Mm, how does... That's exactly that's exactly why predators prey on innocent children. Yeah, because they don't know what's happening. Right. right? You know, kids that are a little bit older, they you know, like there's a, more of a risk involved because they kind of know that's something that like is not a healthy boundary, right? Right. So, um, it, so it can prevent intimate partner violence. You know, mm-hmm. if we don't talk about what is healthy in a relationship and what's not early on, then obviously these are the kind of issues that can come about. Especially if you're raised in an environment where maybe there's abuse going on in the home. You might just think that that's normal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I could see that. It may also increase appreciation for sexual diversity. So, you know, how many kids are raised from a little age that, like, you know... There's a mommy and a daddy and, like, nothing else. And then you have to have this whole corrective conversation later on where, you know, it's like, okay, well, sometimes people have a mommy and a mommy. And sometimes people have a daddy and a daddy, you know? Right. So if you kind of instill those concepts early on, then it just seems normal, you know? And it is normal. And, and yeah, I mean, that's the way that it should be. That makes sense. Again, you don't have to have this corrective Santa Claus conversation afterwards, right? Right. So um, it can also improve environments for LGBTQ students, right? Yeah. And like so, I said earlier, again, like, str- my sex education was boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. That's exactly. not true, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, even at the basic core level like that, but, you know, like, right, like, there's so much more they could expand upon and not just be like, this is what you have and this is what they have, you know, like at the very basic level. So um, it can also help improve self-protective skills Mm -hmm. by teaching, you know, what's healthy and what's not. Okay. Um, Improved knowledge of appropriate slash inappropriate touching. You know what I mean? That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It can also increase parent-child communication regarding it. Very true. Yeah. And then also it can increase disclosure of sexual abuse. And this study was a 30-year-long study. So they literally took an entire, yeah, an entire sample group of kids that, that are taught the traditional way and then kids that are taught this more progressive way. And these are the actual scientific results that were released on this study. So... I mean, that's amazing, yeah. But see, you get all these parents that think that, oh, if you teach my kid about sex, now they're going to have sex at by second grade and all that other stuff. And I don't think that that's... No, it could not be more opposite of the truth. Right. It's like, if that's true, if if that's true, then why are you teaching kids about drugs in fifth grade? Why do they have D.A.R.E. programs in elementary school? Mm -hmm. Is it to prevent kids from making bad decisions? Or is it to encourage kids? Right. You know what I mean? 
I mean, everybody so who the went same through the D.A.R.E. program never listened, <laughs> you know? They all grew up to be stoners. Uh, you want to know, know a funny story? Yeah. I won a contest in fifth grade for, like, you had to just create, like, a D.A.R.E. poster, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I forget what it was, but it was like, I ju- of course, dark childhood Beth is like, draws this picture of the graveyard. And it was like, something about like, uh, like, you and your friends ending up in here if you <laughs> did drugs. I forget what the message on the poster was, but I fucking won the entire state of Indiana poster contest. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is funny in hindsight, because truly, <laughs> Anyway. Well, that's fun. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so the study shows that sex ed that starts early is developmentally appropriate and builds sequentially through each grade uh, can have extremely positive effects on total well-being. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Right. Like, the, Thank you, Brian. Is that not almost word for word? That's why I asked you. I was like, did you read this no, beforehand? I you never read these. read this beforehand. That's what I'm saying. Is that crazy? Didn't you literally just say that? Like, yeah. If it builds sequentially through the years, right? Yeah. And it, you, you know, don't learn long. You don't learn long division in first grade. No. You learn addition and subtraction in first grade. Yeah. You learn counting in kindergarten. Yeah. You know what I mean? You build sequentially through the grades with something that's age appropriate, and then you go from there. And that makes sense. So you know, kindergartners are not learning about, you know, intercourse. Maybe, but they are learning about boundaries and what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And then first grade, it kind of goes up and up and up. That makes sense to me. Exactly. You incorporate it as a normal part of what you're learning as a human being. Well, and it should be a normal, a normal thing to learn. Um, it shouldn't be this taboo topic. You know, right. I think that's how you, you get these sexual deviants and whatnot. Uh, you know, I mean, if you just don't know what's right and what's wrong, or... Well, and that's what makes kids uncomfortable about learning it by the time they get to fifth or sixth grade. That's fair, you too, know? yeah. Because they don't know what to expect. They're not comfortable talking about their bodies. Mm-hmm. There's all the shame associated with it because you don't know what's happening to you. You feel different because of all these hormones, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if we, you know, and I feel like this is probably, I didn't really do the math on this or the research on this part, but I would guarantee that like in countries in Europe and um, where they're just like more progressive thinking and less prude about stuff, they probably do start these conversations a lot earlier. They sure. make a point to like normalize it and then it's kind of like drinking, right? Like, okay, so the legal age for drinking in the U.S. is 21. Mm. The legal age for drinking in, in most other countries is 18. Yeah. Why is that? Because they start to teach kids to be more mature at a younger age. Yeah, makes sense. You know, and then it's not like, ooh, I'm just going to go balls to the walls drinking as soon as I turn 21. Because right. it's already been a normalized part of their life. They see mom and dad drinking. They, you know, they... Uh, they see responsible consumption demonstrated all the time. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, like, yeah, I, so. you know, somebody that goes off to college and has never had a drink before doesn't know how drinks affect them. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yep, exactly. It, it's that same education of like, this is how it feels when you drink vodka. This is how whiskey makes you feel. This is beer. And you need to know your limits and you need to know, what that feels like. So if there's something else that feels different, 
there's probably something mm-hmm. wrong and you need to ask right. for help instead of right. just oh i'm just i'm just drunk exactly yeah, you mimic as a, as a child or as a young, you know, person, you mimic what you see around you. You mimic what adults do. You mm-hmm. you see their behavior demonstrated and that's how you generally will act in in return. Yeah. So again, if you see someone drinking irresponsibly and like you just think that that's normal, that yeah. is your normal. Makes sense. And that yeah, so it's just yeah, it all carries over the same way. So also, the other thing to keep in mind here is that sex education is more than just, like, pregnancy and STD prevention. I and mean, I that was my sex education. <laughs> I mean, I did too. But, you know, what I'm saying is that the point is that, like, most people, when they think sex ed, their mind immediately goes to, like, preventing teen pregnancy. I would say that's, like, probably if you're – this is family feud right now. Right. You know, sex ed immediately associated with pregnancy, right? What's number two on our... Steve, (laughs) what's number two on the board? survey (laughs) says... STD prevention. Because by the time we're teaching kids about this, it's time to, like, get right to the point, which is, like, okay, we don't want you to get pregnant, we don't want you to get STDs, so here's how you have safe sex. And that's, like, the limit to what we're teaching kids right now. But, you know, there's so many other parts of it that are important, you know. Okay, so, like, you know, my first introduction of it was the human development part, okay? So that's you're talking about, like, introducing kids to their reproductive system, teaching Mm -hmm. them about puberty, you know. This is what's going to happen to you. This is where, you know, these are hormones that are going to make you feel different. Your body's going to start changing. Right. You know, uh, sexual orientation and gender identity is under that same heading, but that's not something that we're really introducing to kids, as far as I know right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But that is part of human development. Makes sense. Right. So sex education should also be discussing relationships, you know, including families, friendships, romantic relationships, and dating. Sure. You know, which again, that's not a kindergarten topic. But how do you expect, again, it's like throwing math at a high school kid. If a a high school kid has never learned math before, how are they going to know anything about it? Makes sense. Right. Okay. So you also have personal skills, okay? Right? Like communication, negotiation, and decision making. Mm -hmm. Right? So, okay. So, again, like, you can't just hand a kid a math sheet and expect them to be able to perform it on their own, right? True. You teach them how to do it. You show them this is long division. This is how you do all of it. And then you perform exercises so that you get good at it, right? Same thing with these personal skills. Communication, decision making, mm-hmm. communication. Yeah, it's like, you know, negotiation, etc. So um, it's also sexual behavior, obviously, like, you know, abstinence or sexuality throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual health, including STDs, contraception, and pregnancy. Uh, but it's also a lot of, you know, so those are the things that we generally think of right away, right, when we're talking about sex education. Mm-hmm. But also there's society and culture aspect to it that, you know, okay, especially in today's day and age where when we were kids, we didn't have this, like, acceptance and appreciation for gender role diversity, you know, blurring lines between gender roles, all of that stuff, right? Yeah. We were probably that last generation of kids that was like, boys have a penis and girls have a vagina, right? Right. 
now kids that are growing up are starting to be introduced to that just through their own social experiences. But I think that if we kind of like allow some kind of conversation at whatever point it's developmentally appropriate to talk about gender roles, diversity, and sexuality in the media, Mm -hmm. then things would really be much different. By the time they're in high school and they're learning about pregnancy and STDs, they should be ready to start... They should actually be at the point where they're ready to start talking about, like, body image and how sexuality in the media shouldn't make you, like... uh, determine your own self-worth you know what i mean yeah that makes sense that should already be covered they should we've, they should have already been ready for the stuff that we're teaching in high school now you yeah. know this is like the master class of that stuff so yeah and again if you're incorporating diversity and you know blurring gender roles and all that stuff at an earlier age by the time they get to adulthood they're not finding it out for the first time you know sure the other thing that I'm just thinking about is like my sex education was one semester, one year of school, and that was it. There yeah. wasn't there wasn't that continued education. There wasn't a refresher. It was just here you go. Here's the birds and the bees right. and the STDs, and you're ready for life. And that's not enough. And I think a lot of right. I think a lot of the problem with that is that you know. Um, in in the school system, unfortunately, all that really matters in terms of funding and, you know, the reason that arts programs get cut all the time, the reason PE programs get cut all the time is because standardized testing becomes the measure of whether your school is doing well or poorly, sure. right? But it doesn't take into any consideration how you're actually developing as an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is really what they should be focusing on in schools. Like, taking tests at every school in America that is just math, science, reading, or whatever, mm-hmm. is not going to determine how well that school is performing because of so many things. You know, obviously, like, the, the diversity at each different school, those the challenges each group of kids, geographically, economically, all these other ways, are facing... Yeah. You know, they don't teach enough of like the basic human adult functions. Sure. And I'm sure that there's so studies standard- that have been done that like the extracurricular activities, the kids who are in those, I always felt it better at school than me who just wanted to go to school, get it over with and go home, play video games. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But that also is that sets a bad precedent. You know what I mean? Because. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, you know, like you and I had different circumstances than those kids, you know, like for me, I couldn't go and do all these different things because I had to go work from the day I was 14. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't just go and like find all these different social activities. I had to literally go from school directly to work. And I think a lot of kids face that same thing and even worse, you know, so you can't. You know, and again, like you being the yearbook editor, that does nothing for you. You know, I mean, yeah. real realistically, like uh, how many of those people do you think are really like that changed my life? No. Or like being in band. Change, oh, well, no, I mean, use, having an appreciation for music, that's fine. But like being in band or something like that, I think the kids that are super hardcore about that in high school are people who are like, OK, I probably need to set myself up for like some sort of like a college application thing, you know? Well, that, and I feel, you know, um, 
like the the uh, the kids who would play sports, like they couldn't start if they weren't passing their classes. You know what I mean? It's right. like you can sit on right. this bench and watch everybody else play. That's fun. Or you can go ahead and apply yourself and get decent grades and play. Well, you want to know what's fucked up about that? Is that by the time they get to college, that all changes. Oh yeah. If yeah. they're if they're good enough to play at the college level, I literally can tell you for a fact, like my program in my college was one where it was all the athletes in it, right? Mm-hmm. So we would have a group project and like inevitably every time, you know, I had this like kind of core group of people that you would try to rush over to to form a group. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the teacher would just like form a random group, right? Because they knew no one wanted the football players. Right. And then we're like, this is bullshit. They're never going to do their stuff. And they're like, well, we're teaching you a life lesson about how sometimes people aren't going to pull their weight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, also, that does not happen in the real world. Yes, some people don't pull their weight in the workplace, and those people get fired. Right. (laughs) And the rest of the people don't get punished. It's like, so, you know, anyway. Yeah, and, you know, like you said before, um, you wouldn't wait to teach math till eighth grade and then expect kids to understand it. Right. Oh, yeah, so going going back to the athlete thing real quick. Yeah. Again, if if that kid would have been taught more about healthy boundaries and respecting women and respecting differences in people, they wouldn't have a lot of the problems that they have with, like, sexual violence and, like, thinking that they're entitled to, you know... Can we talk about Deshaun Watson for a second? (laughs) He's a prime example. Or what? We'll get there. Oh, okay. We'll get there. (laughs) All right. right. (laughs) Now I know you didn't read through the whole thing. So, audience, Brian, I'm going to give you a clap (laughs) for actually... Actually, yeah. Already yeah. knowing what this episode was before I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I never read these. I like to be as surprised as the audience. <laughs> and that's probably why I stumble over everything, because this is my first time reading that's it. That's all right. You're doing good today. All right. So also, um, starting early with concepts such as personal boundaries, different family structures, healthy friendships, treating each other with respect, and social emotion skills early on will create a foundation for more sophisticated topics later on. Like you said, we've got the addition and subtraction, then we move to multiplication and division. Now we're doing fractions, Mm -hmm. now we're doing that, yeah. So, yeah, you're not hitting a kindergarten with... AIDS and pregnancy. Yeah, you know, and, and like, one thing that I will, like, credit, like, my mom for in terms of raising me as an adult, I mean, I was a hellion for sure, but, like, from a very early age, she always, like, sort of taught me this sense of right and wrong, and, mm-hmm. like, if someone else is hurting, and, like, like, I was kind of, like, a type of person who would, like, bully a bully, you know what I mean? If I yeah. saw somebody getting hurt or dissed or whatever, I was like, oh no, I'm social justice vigilante fourth grade Beth, you know? But well, like, still to this day, you're that way. Right, because my mom taught me that that's the way that you treat other people is with respect and kindness, and yeah. you don't stand for people getting treated any other way. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like, you know, again, if you teach these, like, positive things you know again like treating each other with respect social skills that's where sex education starts you know yeah. mm-hmm. like guys guys wouldn't develop habits of like treating women like sex objects or you know like 
thinking that they're entitled to anything sexually, like if they were instilled very early on, that that's not what you do. Yeah, very true. So, so the long-term studies showed that early sex education had several positive outcomes, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, there was, and these are direct correlations, like this is the scientific statistical evidence behind the 30-year study. So this is the actual findings, right? Okay, so there was a a statistically significant correlation in the decrease of intimate partner violence between the the um, like the group, the placebo placebo group who got no early sex education, and the Mm -hmm. ones who did get early sex education. Okay, and there was also an increase, like related in bystander intervention. Like you were saying so earlier. So kind of like what I was, exactly, you know, yeah. when you early on know that that's not acceptable behavior mm-hmm. and that you do step in when you see something like that, it's the same thing here, you know? Like this makes me think of like locker room talk and how guys, you know, make up stuff about, oh yeah, like I fuck so-and-so just to like, ho, 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 you know, yeah. like impress the guys. When you learn early on that that's not acceptable and you do see someone performing that sort of behavior, then you're more likely to step in and say something about it. Yeah, makes sense. Also, um, LGBTQ supportive classes resulted in a more positive school climate. Obviously. Like, that's kind of a dumb moment for me. I was watching a show the other day. I forget what it was. Maybe it was uh, My Friend Dahmer. And, you know, that was set in the 70s, high school in the 70s. And it was, you know, hey, faggot, what are you, a faggot? You know what I mean? And that's the Thank kind of you. shit that we grew up with, too, was, what are you, what oh are you a faggot? God. That's exactly what I was just going to say. And who says that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Guys that are first learning about sex, right? Yeah. You know, like, as early as, like, fifth or sixth grade, that became, like, an insult, right? Yeah. Because now, all of a sudden, instead of, like, poopy head, diarrhea brain or whatever. <laughs> Stupid Now face. you're starting, right, You're now you're starting to sexualize insults. Because mm-hmm. kids are going to insult each other because kids are shitbags. Right. But, like, all of a sudden you see once everybody starts learning about sex, that's when they start incorporating sex into the insults. behavior, where the, how they treat other people, right? Yeah. Hmm. But if you build an environment from an early age where tolerance and acceptance are normalized that these are just this is just the way that it is it's not just a mommy and a daddy and a piece of a vagina right it's that you know there are people of all kinds and we respect everybody the same way mm-hmm. obviously that results in a more positive school climate yeah 100 percent um the classes also resulted in increased feelings of safety yeah dub again you know <laughs> right always a good thing um, lower right. levels. Because you know, I know so many people like, okay, I remember this one kid that I hung out with in high school. His name was Jack and we were all super friends with him and like, but we all knew he was gay, right? But sure. like, obviously at that age, he was probably so terrified of like being viewed as gay that like, I remember it was like at our first high school reunion and it was like, yeah, everybody came out as gay. We're like, yeah, no, like we for sure all knew. <laughs> like, right. yeah, there was no surprise to anybody in that entire school, you know. But yeah. if he had felt okay and normalized, then he wouldn't have had to, like, remain in the closet for so long. Right. I mean, could you imagine being, like, in the closet being heterosexual? Like, that's the weirdest thing ever, and you're not normal? And you're just like, right. mm, I have a penis, and I like vagina, but I can't tell anybody. 
because they don't right. think it's normal. That would be so, I, I mean, that's a fucked up way to grow up. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I would hate that for yeah. anybody. Uh, but yeah. the class has also resulted in lower levels of homophobia. Right. Why, why can't the insult be, what are you, a homophobe? Right. You know? Thank you. You fucking yeah, homophobe. Yeah, what are you, a bigot? Yeah. Right, what are you, what are racist? you a bigot? What are you, racist? Ugh. Right. All right, all right, Roscoe P. Coltrane, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, so the LGBTQ supportive class has also resulted in lower levels of bullying. Imagine that when Bingo. you teach acceptance and let's 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 notice people's differences, but let's also celebrate them. Hmm. Right. And again, you know, like, okay, it's not like bullying is a new concept, right? Sure. You and I both know that kids have been bullying each other since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, so it's not like bullying is ever going to go away. But at the same time, again, the bullying isn't be- going to become about the sexual behavior if it's just normalized. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. All right, and also better health among LGBTQ youth, uh, meaning lower thoughts of suicide, and I'm guessing lower thoughts of suicide equals lower um, completions of suicide. Right. Well, Um, I mean, depression in general, you know, like mental health, again, is something that's not talked about. And, you know, if, if what they feel in themselves sexually is normalized, then you don't have these, like, depression and anxiety and... You know, issues that kids are too really young to deal with when they're first discovering their own sexuality. You know what I mean? Yeah. You also have decreased use of drugs and alcohol before sex. And an increased school attendance. If you go to school and you're being bullied because of your sexual orientation, you probably don't want to be there. Duh. This is so duh. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. You want to know how we fix the education system? Just fucking start... Instilling basic human decency yeah. into the education system. You know what I mean? And at some point, that's what sex education is. It's basic human decency, you know? Like sure. Treating each other with respect. Understanding we all have differences, you know? I mean, understanding that as sexual beings is a normal part of being a human. Yeah. And it's not something that we should shame or be scared of or like, you know what I mean? Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so obviously kids are going to be more likely to go to school if they're not scared to go to school. Yeah. Like, hello, okay. And that the only way that's going to happen is if we start normalizing it early on. So, okay. Anyway, um, also, uh, interestingly enough, again, kind of going back to the uh, like standardized testing thing, they will start to have increased academic success, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not sitting there in class agonizing over, like, oh, no, uh, I hope nobody outs me as gay, or, like, oh, I hope I don't get picked on today, or, oh, you know, I'm distracted by all these thoughts of whatever, you know? Kids have enough to worry about. Sure. But, like, if, if all of those things are out of the way, they're free to focus and learn, you know, so obviously not only are they going to be going to school more often, so class attendance goes up, but their academic success is going to be higher because, again, that bullying free or at least lessened environment is going to be, you know, available to them. So and then other challenges, too, like, you know, if 
teen pregnancy goes down, if STIs goes down, if sexual abuse isn't present, and, you know, just interpersonal harassment, like all of those different things are removed from the environment because, you know, now we understand from an early age how to treat each other with respect. Obviously, the academic success level is going to go up. But this study proved that that happened. Yeah. That isn't, I mean, it's all great stuff. Um, there was also improved body image. Yeah, when you're not oh my God. a fucking 11-year-old boy and you think that every single woman should look like Cindy Crawford. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what, you know, I know that, what, weren't you the one that was shocked that when I said women are like, what was the episode we were talking about where you were shocked to learn that women are self-conscious, we don't feel like we deserve... Yeah, like, I, I forget uh, which episode that was, but sexual gratification, yeah. like, you... you. Oh, oh, I think it was the Conolingus episode. Okay, it yeah. It was the Conolingus episode. So women feel guilty for, like, appreciating sex or wanting to, like, enjoy sex, right, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's just not celebrated the way that it is for guys. You know, guys high-five each other when they fuck a girl. Girls hide it because they're afraid of being labeled as a slut. I mean, same thing when it comes when it comes to body image. You know, like me and Nicole high five too. Are, girls are have it ingrained in them through all of the marketing messages, all of the MTV that like if you're not like a skinny little model, whatever, like you're worthless. Yeah, and you know, women of all shapes and sizes are the norm now. Sure, you know, and they really always have been, but. You know, if we if we understand from an early age that, you know, this is what happens to our bodies, that everybody should be celebrated, we're not, you know, we're already in that environment where, okay, we've decided we're not, you know, sexually not feeling weird about ourselves, then you, you know, especially women, like, I know when I was going through puberty, like, your body has changes, you're, like, humiliated by it, you know, you didn't want to get your period first, you didn't want to get boobs first, you know, and so you always have this sort of self-conscious, like, messages going at you from a very early age as a woman. Yeah. But if you start learning about it earlier, you're not going to be so self-conscious about it because you're only learning about it as it's happening to you, you know? Yeah, makes sense. So anyway, um, you know, they also found that better overall interpersonal relationships improved, not just intimate ones. Imagine so, that. You know, again, yeah. So it's this sex education doesn't just lead to like better sexual health decisions, but it just results in treating each other better with more respect and understanding. And yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, Improved media literacy. Ooh, this mm-hmm. is an interesting word. I like these words. Mm-hmm. Including an increased understanding of how media can impact a person's sense of self or the perceptions of teen norms. Again, Thank like you. Look I, I mean, at social media. Okay, I'm so glad we did not grow up in an area era of social media, right? Because fair. it's already hard enough being a kid before the internet was invented. You mm-hmm. know. But we still had, you know, all of these ads and everything being thrown at us about, like, what we should look like. This is the ideal of perfection, this and that. Then you add into the mix the internet and how, okay, how many, okay, one of my, like, I, I believe this full on, the best sign of a relationship is no sign of it on, no or little sign of it on the internet. 
right? Yeah, fair. Because the internet and social media is all a show. It's all a show, you know? Like, yeah, 100%. You know, people who feel like they have to, like, oh, look at me, we're so happy, blah, blah, blah. Like, you and Nicole, I give you guys credit. Like, you have the perfect amount of, like, hey, check it out. There's, like, a picture of us. You change your profile pictures, but you're not, like, in your face about, like, we went out for chicken wings today, and now we're, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. have anything to prove to everybody about the health of your relationship, right? Yeah, that's fair. And Nicole also says that, like, you know, because we go on a date, we don't need to sit there and take pictures of it and post it to the world. This is for us and not Thank for them. You. Yeah. Exactly. But truly, Wait. like, the, you know, the more, especially the older I get and the more times I get kicked off Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> the more I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Like, why do you post, you know, like, people who post that stuff all the time have something to prove. Sure. I mean, I like to brag you know, that so I have like, an amazing girlfriend and she's hot as fuck. And like, I like to brag I mean, on that. I mean, truly, <laughs> but you do it just the right amount. You know okay, what I mean? Fair. It's not like yeah. it's not like you feel the need to like shove in everybody's faces once a week some picture of your hot girlfriend mm-hmm. because you're confident enough in yourself where you're like, yeah. But like, you know, a little gentle reminder, you know, a profile yeah. pic change to a picture where she looks good instead of you is what I mean obviously she's gonna look better than you in all pictures because you know (laughs) I mean that's fair that's understandable (laughs) you I mean you know I love you Brian but you dated up in terms of looks no (laughs) 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 but you don't feel the need to shove it in every guy's face that like oh check out my hot girlfriend you're just like oh I'm proud of this picture like this is a really nice picture of us together I want this to be the first picture everyone sees when it comes to me yeah you know? Yeah, that's But, fair. like, it, more, the more that people understand that, you know, that it isn't healthy to constantly... But, you, you know, I mean, how many people do you know that, like, have just, like, constant, oh, look at us pictures. They have to document every moment of their lives, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's like, if you have to document every moment of your life like that, then your relationship isn't healthy because you're not just living life. Re- yeah, that makes you're sense. You're living life online. Yeah, and I see that so much where it's like, oh, look at me and my boyfriend. We did this, and we did that. We had a chicken right. sandwich. And... and no one gives a fuck that what you two got at Subway today, okay? Like, <laughs> right. If Subway was so great and you just had a normal lunch together, you wouldn't be posting about it. You want attention for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So you have to post about what you guys ate or did every single day of your life. So Yeah. But, you know, again, learning this stuff early on is going to prevent all that crap from happening. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, Brian, despite all this research pointing to the positive benefits, seemingly sex education still has a negative stigma, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like how our show, people might be like, oh, wow, you have a, a podcast about sex and relationships. And, you know, we, if we've said it once, we've said it a hundred times, it's like, we do this for everyone else as we mu- as much as we do it for ourselves, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's important to us to convey a message of normalizing these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I've learned more from this show than I've learned from seventh grade sex ed. Thank you. you. Know? Yeah. And you know, not that not that this show is for kids, but again, a developmentally appropriate approach is going to do nothing but improve the lives of people. Like I surely feel like part of like our you know. The reason that we're, like, meant to do this show is to help normalize these conversations for people who don't have any sex education, who maybe grew up in these environments where it was deemed shameful and they feel bad about it. And, like, to help people have better sex, you know, because it's one of the good parts in life. 
Yeah. You say it all the time, you know. As soon as you start normalizing it and talking about it, it you know, it becomes a great part of life. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, not everybody thinks that way. Um, for instance, uh, there is an actual adopted national sex education standard for comprehensive sex education. Um, it, it was created to meant to address inconsistent education across the boards. But you want to guess how many, like what percentage of American schools have adopted the national standard for sex education? Oh, my God. I'm sure it's low. It's less than 50%. Less than 50% have adopted a national sex education standard. And interestingly enough, Brian, I read this entire fucking document. Because I really started feeling passionate about this the more I started researching it. It's it's a very easy read. If you ever want to look up, just type in national sex education standards Mm -hmm. for comprehensive sex education. It's really interesting, like, how, why they started this, you know, think about how the differences in all of the school systems, right? Mm -hmm. Think about Proviso West High School versus Nutrier High School, where we were in Chicago. Yeah. You Proviso West High School, which is, like, one of the scariest inner city high schools in all of Chicago, and then you have the Nutrier High School, which is, like, the tippity-top of the richest of the rich Lake Forest kids going to the school. What do you think the differences in their sex education classes are like? Well, not just only sex education, but education at all, you know? Right. I mean, these standards that they set, it's ridiculous. Thank you. You, I bet if you did the, if I went back and looked up what percentage of high schools adopted the national standard for math or the national standard for language arts or Mm -hmm. whatever else, they would be far more closely aligned than they are for the sex education standards. Yeah. But why aren't we expecting more out of, yeah, the education system? Why haven't more adopted it? It's nuts to me. Well, I don't understand. If it's the national sex education standards, why isn't it accepted across the board? Because a lot of the schools don't have to. Places like Nutria have enough tax dollars. They don't give a shit. They can teach what they want to teach. Uh, which is more than likely abstinence, which is a joke. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, but kids are going to fuck, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is also still unpopular, and um, however, research shows that the majority of parents and communities already support comprehensive sex education. What's that? So here's what's interesting. Okay, so despite less than half of the schools uh, school systems adopting it, Mm-hmm. The the research on it shows that the majority of parents and communities support it, having a, a, a comprehensive standard. So yeah. why aren't the schools adopting what's in line with what the research shows the parents and communities want? It, it's just one of those mm. things where it just shows you to take a look at what the government is doing versus what the people actually want. That's fair. Or need, yeah. for that matter. Are they really looking out for the best interests of students? Or are they letting their own biases regarding, you know, prudishness or whatever to dictate what your kids are learning about? Mm-hmm. So, 
So health education, too, unfortunately, which typically covers a broad range of topics, including sexuality education, is given very little time into the school curriculum, right? So that's another reason why it's just not being taught as much as it should, is that, you know, there's all these pressures from school schools to, um, like, be the best at these standardized tests, right? Which never, I mean, we, we've taken every fucking standardized test that kids still take today. Was there ever a single one that had to do with health education? No. Was there even a single one that would teach you anything about how to be an adult properly? No. Exactly. So fuck standardized tests. Why are we not teaching kids how to be a good adult? Yeah. That should come first and foremost before math or fucking science or anything else. Sure. Yeah. Especially algebra. Fuck algebra. I mean, Dude, I, fuck math. <laughs> fuck math. I mean, I'm, I I'm good at it. I could so much time. I'm not. I hate it. <laughs> math and science, not for me. But I could... I've finished papers for the college kids that work for me. I'm like, still got it. Because mm-hmm. that's where my wheelhouse is. So why would you waste all this time teaching somebody that has a math brain? Yeah. You know, language arts. Why would you spend time trying to teach me math when I'm not going to get it? Why would you require that I take at least three years of math when maybe I need one or two total and then I could focus all my energies on what I'm good at, which would help me to become more of a functioning adult? Well, and that's a, yeah, that's a great point. And why? I mean, there should there should be minimum standards for everything. But hey, once you meet mm-hmm. this minimum standard, and you fucking hate math, but you enjoy writing, great. We're gonna focus more on writing for you. We're gonna Thank focus you. more on literature classes and composition classes. Fuck algebra. Or 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 if you gave me that two years in high school minimum, right? So okay, I gotta I gotta learn algebra. And I gotta read, and I gotta learn geometry. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we could probably end it, right? If sure. you're not a math brain, then at that point, let's uh, that would free up the schedule to allow kids more real life education topics. It would yeah. it would allow us to teach kids how to do their taxes. It would teach kids that they should invest from an early age in a four hundred one k for their retirement. Yeah. And we'd have all these, you know, it would teach them about sex education topics that are more sophisticated. To avoid all these problems of sexual predators and things like that, you know, right. it's just the the priority system is so off balance in the education system because standardized tests are the only ways we determine funding for schools. And that's well, it reminds me of the VA hospital to where they're like they don't even ask your name; they just last last initial and and last four, and they punch in their their numbers. And as long as you give them that information, whether they tell you to go home, whether they give you a prescription, whether they do surgery on you, they can go to the government and say, listen, we help this guy give us money. Thank so you. So it's the same thing in the school systems to where it's like, hey, as long as we meet these minimums, we get our grants, we get our money. Cool. Thanks. Bye. And is, and is math and science forcing kids to take math and science when that's not their thing, like, really? You know, again, at the high school level, we're not talking early on. Obviously, yeah. you used to have early concepts of a little bit of everything. But by the time a kid gets to high school, you know, if they, as long as they can manage, you know, they don't need to learn all this unnecessary stuff. But they do need to learn how to be an adult, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, and they're probably I, I, not... Um, I kind of see the argument coming up, but it's like, how much of this falls on the school system? How much falls of this falls on the parents? We'll get there. I know. I know we will. Let's get there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it's also unpopular. Um, organization, organizations outside of the classroom exist to provide sexual education, such as Planned Parenthood, 
Um, and they're often demonized. Yeah, Planned Parenthood Thank does you. not exactly. have a good reputation, and for zero reason. Not to, well, yeah, not to put reasons. too fine a point on it, but the thing about Planned Parenthood, when you have people that are protesting it, they're clearly uninformed about what ninety nine percent of what that organization does. Right. Does it provide a safe, legal abortions for people? Yes. But if you really look at that organization as a whole and the services it provides and what it is meant for, it is not an abortion, you know, like that's not even close to what it provides people in terms of services that. But if you ask any Christian out there like, oh, Planned Parenthood is a demon. We shouldn't have to pay for people's abortions. You're not paying for people's abortions. okay? with tax dollars, those tax dollars teach sexual education mm-hmm. and they provide contraceptives and they provide all these different other things that kids aren't getting in the school system mm-hmm. the amount of services and education that they provide people where our school system is lacking is exactly why it needs to be government funded because yeah. what kids aren't learning there they're either you know planned parenthood can either prevent them from getting an abortion by providing them with the sex education they need, or it can help provide them an option if they weren't informed enough as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're not going to provide that in the schools, you certainly can't. And and I don't, there no, when it comes to education about sex, there is no socioeconomic differences between what I learned and what a millionaire's kid learns. You know what I mean? Mm. We both went to the same school system. And if anything, a lot of private schools are not going to, if anything, I learned more about how to have safe sex and avoid teen pregnancy and all that kind of stuff Yeah, fair. because they probably tailored it to the, to the student that the, the population of the students of the schools I went to and you went to too. Yeah. But if we just allowed places like this to kind of help fill in the gaps where the school system is failing, you could probably prevent more abortions than picketing outside of it ever would. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. If you educate these I mean, children I, earlier. I would be shocked if a single person ever decided to turn around at Planned Parenthood and change her mind because of protesters outside. All you're going to do is guilt and shame her and make yourself look stupid. There's no good that could come out of that. Yeah. But if you could allow her a clear path to a place that's going to teach her about what her options are or even educate her in the first place then yeah, you can still not teach your kid whatever you want, but allow that person to have safe options. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so why is it important to advocate for more comprehensive sexual education, right? We kind of touched on it already, but here's a little bit more about the statistics of what that looks like. So the U.S. has one of the highest teen pregnancy rates in uh, rates in the industrialized world. Hmm. So, yes, we're all free here in pew pew pew, but we have lower teen pregnancy rates than Canada and most of Europe, and again, every other industrialized nation. Why? Do they have a pro- a progressive sex education program? Thank you, because they <laughs> teach kids about this stuff as a normal part of development. Hmm. Okay. Also, each year in the U.S., more than 750,000 women ages 15 to 19 become pregnant 
with more than 80% of those pregnancies unintended. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's so many. Yeah. So, okay, again, 19. that's teenage years. Almost a, almost a million. Three quarters of a million women, yeah. ages 15 to 19, become pregnant with more than 80% of them. So more than a half million people. Hmm. Unintended pregnancies, teen pregnancy could have been prevented. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Mm. Also, while young people in the U.S. ages 15 to 25 make up only one quarter of the sexually active population, they contract about half of the 19 million sexually transmitted diseases annually. I almost said anally, but. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could be. It could be. That's I don't know if the number is on that one, but. (laughs) Yeah. That is enormous. And why? Because they don't know, they don't know the right thing to do. A 10 year age range, a 10 year age range. Yeah. Contracts half of the sexually transmitted diseases a year. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I, I'm out of that age range. <laughs> I mean, also, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I would not. I'm, you could not pay me enough to ever go back to that age range for starters. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Uh, well, like you like said, empirical 10... evidence. This is empirical evidence. You can't deny the statistical fact that that age range gets more STDs than anyone. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they're young and stupid. It's not because they're just like, they know what could happen to them and they're reckless and don't care anyway. Yeah. It's because there's, I'm sure, a large population of that that's just uninformed about what could happen to them. That's fair, yeah. And that one semester in seventh grade didn't prepare you for this. Imagine that. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Just t- like 18 years, not 18 years, but uh, 12 years of high school. Who knows how to balance a checkbook at this point? Thank you. No. Who 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 knows how important their credit score is and how to improve it without paying somebody? Oh, thank somebody. you. Why? Thank you. Why are they not teaching kids about credit scores? Mm. You know? I mean, I, I understand, you know, with the electronic banking and all that other stuff, I haven't balanced my checkbook in forever. I just look at my app and... Well, I got this much money left. But, you know, well, errors occur. Well, I think it's about budgeting. Balancing your checkbook is just about budgeting. It's going, mm. okay, you know, here's how to yeah. be responsible with your money. Which, shouldn't that be, like, you know, part of math or economics or whatever, you know? Mm. Like, you I think. could not tell you a single fucking thing I learned in, like, my junior year of high school algebra 2. But right. I could tell you that if someone had taught me uh, that it's important to save for things and not be so fucking financially irresponsible, then maybe <laughs> some right. of it would have stuck with me more than it did, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, this means one in four sexually active teenagers contract a sexually transmitted disease each year. One in four. Can you imagine that? Brian. One okay. in four. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and ju- I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. It is a miracle that you a are miracle. <laughs> Neither <laughs> one of us have ever we're cootie free for life, thank God. But it is nothing short of a miracle, and <sighs> it is probably because we had some sort of comprehensive 
education to it, whether it was self-taught or anything else, just to be I, smart I, and don't. But to be fair, I, I put again, my money. I put my money on a miracle at this point. <laughs> again, same thing. Well, same thing with DUI. <laughs> oh, yeah, true that too. Yeah, right. It's like I don't have one. It's only a miracle, you know. But again, if somebody teaches you this stuff early on, then you don't. It doesn't happen to you. Yeah, you don't have to learn the hard way or pray that it doesn't happen to you. Yeah, I contribute my um, avoiding DUIs on my veteran license plates. I. <laughs> that that's gotten me out of so many tickets. I've had a cop. I was in the, I've been in the left lane going twenty over the speed limit, and here comes this cop from the right lane. Like has to cross three lanes to get behind me. Gets right behind me, and then boop, just kind of slows down and moves over. It's like okay, thank you. Right, <laughs> right. He's like, like, no, I'll get out of your way. Yeah, but I'm also going the again, speed limit now. For- White girl privilege. I will blame mine on white, or not blame mine, but like think white girl privilege for mine because yeah. guess what? I if I can't charm my way out of something when it comes to the police, I can sure as hell cry my way out of it. That's there plan you go. B. Plan Plan A is just to stand there and twirl your hair, and then they're like, "Go on, you little rascal. Have a good day." You know, like. <laughs> Like, I've literally gotten out of so much shit just being a white female. Like, yeah, well, I, at some point, I feel like it's worth the 70 cents on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> it saved a lot of time over the years. I mean, they say say. DUIs are expensive, so just imagine. Right. But, again, preemptive education probably could have. If they were like, hey, guess what happens when you get a DUI? They're going to have to put a thing on your car that's $5,000. You have to breathalyze it every time, and you have to pay for it. Yeah. And you will have to go to court over and over. If they teach you stuff like that from an early age, you'd be like, okay, I am not going to drink and drive. I will just drink at my house. You know, like Yeah. It makes sense. Don't let people find out the hard way. Thank yeah. So this statistic blows my fucking mind. Young people ages 13 to 29 account for about one-third of the estimated 50,000 new HIV infections each year, the largest share of any group. 13 to 29. 13. Okay, first of all, let's start with the 13. Yeah. I mean, that's when I lost my virginity. Yeah, I was literally just talking with Keith about this, where it's like, kids are starting to have sex earlier. Yeah. You know, yes, you lost your virginity for your age. I did for a girl, too. But this is a normal statistic. This is just people who are getting HIV. Right. When we first heard about this disease, it was, like, so much different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So much different. And the statistics on it and of the initial stages of people getting it, I promise you, were nowhere close to this age range. Mm-hmm. I mean, at 13, so, yeah. I should have been watching Power Rangers and been so psyched when the Green Ranger decided to turn good and not having sex, <laughs> you know? Instead of getting a boner over the Pink Ranger. No. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Or, you know, I should have I mean, been but- excited about WrestleMania 12 or something like that. But instead... Right, instead of losing your virginity in the back of a theater to the truth about cats and dogs, sir, and Jeanine Garofalo. And it was- <laughs> I haven't seen that movie since. Is it any good? I haven't seen it probably since I was 14, since that's what age I would have been yeah. when that movie came out. Were we at the same theater? I mean... <laughs> 
It could be. It could. Be. It would not be weird. <laughs> it would have been the uh, Cinema Twelve in Carpentersville. I was gonna say. I think I was probably <laughs> going to the Randall Six Thousand at that time, but I gotcha. did start going to the South Elgin. I started going to the South Elgin Theater in high school. So mm-hmm. remember the one that's like it's on Randall Road, but farther down by twenty. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, I think I just lost Brian. I think so I hang on. Yeah, right. I hung up on you. Oh, yes, you sure did. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. We're just going to keep going. So, keep going. Anyway, okay, so let's move on. Um, so, okay, again, at the end of the day, while parents should take more responsibility for educating their own children in this area, and we should absolutely normalize these conversations, if we're being honest with ourselves, most kids do not get more than a brief awkward talk about sex with their parents, right? Yeah. Like, truly, again, I got no talk at all afterwards. Like, I just went out and found out for myself, and then, thank God, I had a sister who was, like, seven years older than me that I could go to and talk about this stuff. Yeah. Not everybody has that luxury. Like, a lot of kids, most kids, even, and again, this knows no socioeconomic boundaries. Like, Mm -hmm. kids that are wealthy are just if not more likely to get less sex education than kids at any other socioeconomic level. Yeah. Because of the prudishness involved in that, you know? Well, and that's the thing. And, you you know, we brought that up earlier. And, yeah, parents should take more responsibility with this. And it's not the school's... um, It's not their obligation to teach your kids this. However... it kind of is. I, I don't know. I, I struggle with this. It, you know, it partially is. It partially is because obviously we know at some point that, you know, in today's society, parents, a lot of parents, if not all parents, rely on the education system to provide what their their child needs to be successful mm-hmm. for the most part. However, the more we normalize these things, yes. the more the more Frank and Beans podcasts that are out there that people listen to and enjoy and don't feel weird about like what they like in the bedroom. Like it's the whole reason we do this, Brian, so that adults and so that these conversations are normalized so that we can understand that sex is a a wonderful, enjoyable part of life as an adult that you can enjoy that you should, you know, consent is serious and Mm -hmm. you know, that diseases and pregnancy are serious and that we have to respect it. Like we do, you know, alcohol, you know, like if, if the reason you're not getting alcohol is because kids can't handle it, you have to teach kids why they shouldn't be drinking. Not, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you should in advance say, you know, like this is a normal part of adulthood, but the reasons that you shouldn't do it as a dumb young kid is because you're not responsible enough to be driving your car around and doing whatever you want. You know what I mean? Same yeah, thing with then- sex. At 13, did I understand the um, obligations of this? Like, if I had gotten a girl pregnant, mm-hmm. mm, you know, at 13, if you I had pushed her down the pushed her down the theater <laughs> stairs on the way home. <laughs> 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 That's a horrible joke. But you know, I mean, do you really understand the ramifications of your actions? Not at all. God damn it! And how big of a thing that it is. I I lost. Hold Beth on a again. second. Sorry. We're just gonna keep talking to Oops. myself i don't know if it's my headphones or what yeah i think it is god damn it we're just gonna keep talking and talking and talking yep here she is 
Okay, oh. now I hung up on you this time. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, there's Beth. Okay, we are even now. We are even now. <laughs> Say that again? We we each hung up on each other one time, so now we're even. Oh, we're even. Okay. I thought it was my <laughs> my earbud that died. These are No, no. I accidentally hit my earbud. Like I I got new earbuds too, and like the pow- there's a power button on the side of it. Yeah, that's what I accidentally like the- hit the first time. <laughs> that's I was trying what to I ad- said. That's I was trying to adjust it and boop. You see, if we just talk kids about educa- about technology education early on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have prevented this for sure. Exactly, yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, the best thing we can do for young people, uh, if, we want the- if we want to help prevent them from experiencing any of the negative consequences, is to arm them with information. I feel like that's u- universal beyond sex education. Um, every, every subject in the world. 100 percent and yeah yeah, i mean it's scary to think of like you know a 13 year old with a child or a 13 year old with hiv like why would you would you want your 13 year old to have aids right no well then why wouldn't you protect them why by giving them the information they need to make good decisions Come on. And instead of just a basic, like, pamphlet about what AIDS is and how, you know what I mean? Like, again, and part of, you know, part of this is, like, preventative in so many ways. Like, again, the early childhood education stuff is stuff that can prevent them from, like, becoming a victim. Yeah. And, like, think about how, like, you know, it's tragic and unfortunate, but, like, People, a lot of people who have drug problems or become offenders themselves mm. are people who were victims themselves at a young age. Yeah. So if 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 we are living in a world where we all understand, there's an entire law and order SVU. Okay, there's an SVU because there's enough fucking psychos out there who victimize children and you know all these other things sex trafficking like there's so many things that could go wrong in this where if we just started to have these conversations earlier on kids can learn to protect themselves in the right ways yeah you know understand what healthy boundaries are Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's so important and you know i think that algebra 2 can wait until college if that's what you decide to do with your life that's fair very fair. But we're all going to have sex. Not all of us are going to use algebra in our career, right? So why have that in high school? But we're all going to end up having sex, right? So yeah, why most of us. More on that, yeah. <laughs> right, right. There are some people out there that it's like, oof. If, Look, if, Brian, 100% of people who host this podcast are having sex. <laughs> that, is, that, is a, that is a very good statistic. Yeah. I would also argue that 100% of people listening to this podcast have sex. Mm-hmm. How many of you have math? To, how many of you are using math on a daily basis in your job? Ooh, 20%? Hit us up in our DMs, F&B, podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, right. You know, that's the thing. It's like we grew up with the teachers that said, you won't have a calculator in your pocket all the time. And it's like, mm, guess what now? Now what? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, Brian, that's so true. I never thought about that. You won't always have a calculator. Fast forward, now everyone's got a calculator. What are they talking about now? 
Yeah. You can't tell kids that now. No, I literally always do. Like there's yeah. Yeah. And how many go. of you have a have a job that you do math without the use of a calculator? That's the better question. Ten percent, eight percent? Literally, mm. yeah. Yeah. But one hundred one hundred percent of us are having sex, eight percent of us have a job that requires us to do mathematication. Mathematation. Mathematation. You want to know you want to know who has to do their taxes? 100% of American citizens. That's that's true. Again, why aren't we teaching people life skills at that early And how age? many people do so. their own taxes? 8%? Right. Mm. Girl, two of taxes have been due to for me for 10 plus years. Yeah. People, people, still take theirs to an, people, people who take theirs to an accountant, I'm like, what are you doing with your life? You know they do it online for you now, right? Yeah. <laughs> TurboTax. It's free. TurboTax. TurboTax, if you want to sponsor the show, get at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still need to do my taxes, by the way. So you do. All right, that was a that was a great. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> that was a great episode, and I changed my mind. I feel like kindergarten is a is a great time to introduce kids to the very basics of I sex have the education. Biggest, I have the biggest smile on my face right now because I knew. Yeah, but this would be one that you would you would end up feeling differently by the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with this program, they're not teaching kids sexual positions. They're not teaching them the joys of sex and all this other stuff. No, we're going to ease into that. You know, right? Again, but at the, a very basic level, this is appropriate and inappropriate touching. These are personal boundaries. You know, this is what a family unit looks like. Yeah. It's not just a mommy and a daddy and a penis and a vagina. It's, you know, like, sure. you know, some people have two mommies. Some people have three, you know, it's just. Some people have one mommy. Some people have one daddy. Yes. Like, it's not right. this cookie cutter Sesame Street mom and dad situation, which Sesame so, yeah. Street has been pretty progressive. So I can't, I don't want to throw them Incredibly. under the bus. But yeah. Right. But yeah, it's not this cookie cutter uh, Hollywood movie family, picturesque family. Speaking no. of Sesame Street, did you did you see that uh, article about the guy who got busted on camera fucking an Elmo doll at someone's house? No way. It was like I forget what kind of like service he was doing in the house. If he was like he was like a contractor for something, and like a hundred percent did not realize that they had uh, like, like nanny cams on, uh-huh. and then like he gets literally caught like fucking an Elmo doll, and I was like, oh, the shame. The shame. Oh, poor Elmo. So, Don't yeah, he defiled Elmo. Don't that tickle him side. that way. Maybe if that guy had a comprehensive sexual education, he would. You yeah, know, he wouldn't be fucking toys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, right speaking of Speaking of degenerates, are you ready for the <laughs> What the Frank Tinder profile of the week? Always. I'm laid back but spontaneous. I love to travel and laugh. I like pinky rings and Ed Hardy. My kids come first. I don't play games. What the Frank Profile of the Week. Okay. So this submission comes to us from a listener named Amanda via our favorite listener, Amanda Harris Cutler, soon to be another last name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, very exciting. So, anyway, this is a listener submission, and uh, I don't see his name on here, but here's what he has to say. 
There is nothing specific I look for in a person other than having most of your teeth, comma, good hygiene, comma, and just be a decent human, exclamation mark. Oh, oh, and a fat ass will work too. (laughs) Cry face, cry face, cry face emoji. BTW, comma, this is Tinder, comma. Of course I'm here for hookups, exclamation mark. Professional ass eater, shrug emoji, shrug emoji. (laughs) If you are not about that smoke life, in parentheses, in case you didn't know. Brian, you want to guess what's in the parentheses? Um, bud. Weed. Oh, so close. Oh. What what's the what what's the number? What's the number? Oh, 420 bra. Okay. If you are not about that smoke life, 420 in parentheses, then we probably P R O L L Y won't get along. Okay. I compete in weightlifting shows. Dot dot dot. I have been for 23 years. Educated, comma, with with a lowercase b dot lowercase s dot degree in exercise science from ATU class of 09. (laughs) You have a bachelor's degree and you don't know that it should be capitalized? Yeah. Quite the humble brag as well. Right. Also, class of 09. (laughs) No kids. Leo, I am six foot five, 300 pounds. Okay. That's a big old boy. That's a big old boy. Yeah. Mm. Again, this feels like. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, it's like this kind of sounds like every generic fucking, like, mistake. I'll kind of, you know. If you spin the random mistake wheel, this is pretty much it, you know. Yeah, I, I you know, it started off good, and then it just became progressively more like me, all me, over me. The what place. do, what do we know about this guy at this point? He's a bodybuilder, right? I also lo- love that, like he's like that smoke life. And then he put parentheses 420 because he's like, I, I feel like he made at least the mistake one time of not having that on there and some crackhead showed up. <laughs> and then he's like, whoa, I need to be more specific and make sure they knew I meant weed. Right. Some barbecue pit master shows up at his house like, I'm ready about that smoke life. Smoke some right. brisket, bitches. <laughs> right, like girls are just showing up in like aprons with tongs. like <laughs> Yeah, showing yeah. up with 13 pounds of ribs. Like, let's do that smoke life, bitch. Right. No. <laughs> right. But something had to happen for him to correct that and emphasize. But oh. he's also ignorant enough to think that if anyone he knows saw this, they wouldn't know what he meant by 420. Right. You might as well just say weed. We all know what it means at this point. You know, when it's legal in most states, at least it's decriminalized in most states, you don't have to. That's what I hate about weed and weed smokers is this like. We want it legalized, but we still want to have, like, code words for it. Right. You know? Um, like, Wendy Lovett, she refers to it as medicine, and the people who yeah. smoke it as patients. Okay, I like that. You I can get why a- we take... Yeah, that's why people take Wendy seriously. And that's... I can jump on board with that. But when you want to legalize it, but then you still want this, like, street, street code for it... No, it's fuck enough off. of a part of 
Right. It's enough of a part of your life where you want to make sure any potential partners are on board. Mm-hmm. Which I get, because, you know, like, okay, for instance, like, I know I, as a, you know, previous dater, can tell you mm. that, like, there's a lot of dudes that smoke weed, and then when they find out that I'm cool with it, they're like, oh, I don't know, there's just a lot of girls who aren't cool with it. Are there, though? You know, so maybe, okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a there's a level of of consumption, or there's a level of obsession over it that gets annoying, you know? Right. Cool. Right. Everyone, most everyone has smoked pot at this point in their lives. Right. Um, some people, you know, do it more than others. But when you still like, oh, we have to like turn off the lights and close the blinds because people might be watching. No, right. nobody fucking cares. You're fucking grown right. up. Quite you should just literally. do cocaine like an adult. But. In the privacy is, of your own home. Yeah, you know, when this you doesn't use, when you, you when you use cutesy words like 420 thinking that what that's going to like prevent someone who doesn't like who doesn't know what that means. Yeah, you're th- you're going to throw off the NSA. You know, right. you're going to throw off your your FBI handler who's watching your your Tinder profile. Stop it. If there is some sort of a weed task force, guarantee you the first hashtag they're looking up on the internet is going to be 420, okay? <laughs> oh. Like promise. Yeah. yeah. No, my my problem with that is just the people who who want who want it legalized, who want it normalized, but then also want like this secrecy, underground, cool kid, back alley type vibe, you know? Right. But also, okay, here's one more thing about this one that I'm gonna just pick on for a second. Okay, the very second thing he feels is important to say. Okay, he sets the basic standard of like, other than having most of your teeth, good hygiene, and just being a decent human being, my standards are fairly low. Oh, and a fat ass would be helpful. Okay, that's cool. You're setting like this is kind of what I'm looking for. Then next, you know, if the girl's like, okay, that's me, I'm still listening. Uh-huh. Then he goes into, by the way, this is Tinder, and of course I'm here for hookups. Okay, perfect. You could have literally left it at that, right? Yeah. Well, uh, then he says professional ass eater. Okay, so it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not really looking for a hookup, but, well, yeah, this guy's willing to eat ass, right? But then he spends the rest of it saying, if you're not about that smoke life, we won't get along. I compete in weightless shows. I have been for 23 years. I'm educated with a degree. I have no kids. I'm a Leo. All of those following things are things Mm. that if I'm just here to hook up, I don't give a flying fuck what you do outside of that. You know what I mean? Fair. So why did you spend half of it discussing who you are as a person if you're just here for hookups? Mm. You could have stopped a professional ass eater and saved yourself a whole lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And this is the thing, again, with, you know, your Tinder profile is your commercial. It's your billboard. It's your ad. Thank you. Um, We've talked about how dating and sales and marketing kind of go hand in hand. Exactly. So either you're looking for the hookup or you're looking for a relationship. And some the people who are looking for a hookup don't care if you have a kid, don't care if you're educated, don't care about any of that other bullshit. You could have said all all those girls stopped reading after I'm only here for hookups. Yeah. You know? Fair. Unless somebody was somebody else was looking for a hookup and saw I'm a professional ass eater and then But they also stopped reading after that. That's what I'm saying. Everyone stopped reading after the second sentence. Yeah. They know what you're there for. 
Or they know what they're there for. Period. Either mm-hmm. way. Oh, you're yeah. Leo? Who fucking cares? No one cares. No one cares. You're, <laughs> now you're talking about compatibility, and that has nothing to do with the hookup. Right. Mm, what the unless frank? you're Scorpio, then unless you're Scorpio, then no one wants to fuck you, <laughs> or or they want to fuck you and never talk to you again. Right. That's that's fair. <laughs> the, we did joking. have that one we meme on you. the Facebook page that was everyone hates a, sp- right. a Scorpio until it's time to fuck. Yeah, that's why we continue to pick on them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm, yeah. We love you, Scorpios. <laughs> we love you. We are kind of building our own boundaries, though. Like we have our no feet fetish. You know, we will kink yeah. shame on, on, on feet and no Scorpios. We absolutely won't, won't kink shame. But we right. will say that it's not for us. Uh, I still will shame them. Uh, I don't know. And no, no I'll Scorpios. I'll never shame anyone. We just, we just are willing to talk about things and then discuss whether or not it's for us as a person. Okay, that's fair. I will silently, silently kink shame them. You can silently kink shame them. That's right. Okay. And people who fuck or we'll talk, or, or we'll talk shit about them behind their back, like we do most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't it's, it's call a good you thing. out on the air unless you're a real piece of shit. It's a good thing you only get to hear an hour and a half of our conversation and not the yes. rest of it. <laughs> I did not think for a second that this episode was going to go an hour and a half, but here we are. <laughs> we do have to watch it because that new platform only allows so much all right so brian you better hurry up and tell me who the hell you're crushing on this week oh beth i got a good crush this week i am crushing on the government of northern ireland i hope they're redheads for their proposed <laughs> ban yeah, as if you weren't already <laughs> crushing on them because of that right right and their love of whiskey and beer um for their proposed ban on conversion therapy fuck yes dude um, my dude th- yeah whoa Great. This would make it illegal for parents, doctors, clergy, and others to force kids into pray pray the gay away. Camps or other conversion therapy methods. Fuck yes. Northern Ireland. Northern, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Oh, oh yeah. We love redheads. I mean, we love redheads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also also yeah. <laughs> but I mean, hello. Again, this is maybe not where I thought the most progressive place on the planet was. But they are if you're extremely be... conservative and extremely Catholic. And they are <sighs> even like, no, this doesn't work and it's not logical. Don't shame people for their sexual orientation. Done. Thank you. What? Or don't what? send them off to some camp thinking it's going to change them. What the fuck? How many goddamn documentaries have we seen about the Pray the Gay Away camps and it is mm. nothing but damaging to the kids and embarrassing for everyone working there because we know you're just some closeted weirdo. Yep. Go Northern mm. Ireland. This is extremely necessary and perv- Look at how many in America there are. Right. We should Ugh, shame anyway. them. Yep. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Brian, not all is well in our dating lives. I mean, because I'm feeling this one too. Yeah. I am dumping this week. Um, Houston Chronicle reporter Aaron Wilson for saying that the 22 allegations, and that's just who's come forward, Against Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson for sexual misconduct were 
nothing more than a a money grab. Mm. Even going as far as to suggest his attorneys not to agree on a settlement outside of court because B, they should not negotiate with terrorists. My goodness. Again, if we had had sexual education starting at kindergarten, this probably would not have happened. Deshaun Watson may have understood about boundaries with women and respecting other people. Maybe. If he didn't, 22, because I remember it was like, there's one allegation, there's four allegations, there's seven allegations, there's 12 allegations. But this is what we saw with the Me Too movement. And with Bill Cosby. I don't care if there's one allegation. Believe women. Yeah. And believe the victim. Absolutely. Never question the victim on this stuff. Because are we saying that people don't... Okay, we're not saying that there haven't been cases in the past where maybe somebody has used it as a negative thing or whatever. But statistically speaking, that is guaranteed less than 1%. No one wants to go on national spotlight and say, I was a victim of this person. No one. Yeah. And guess what? If it's a money grab, uh, no one's trying to pick him up this year, right? If you really wanted to come (laughs) after somebody for money. Right. Right. Who's got that guarantee? Yeah. You want to know who doesn't have sexual allegations? Like Andy Dalton or (laughs) Mm. you know what I mean? Like. I mean, I'm just saying that if a money grab is really what you're after, Deshaun you probably want to go after somebody who's employed. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But yeah, we saw this with the Me Too so. movement, to where one woman steps up, and that empowers three more to step up, and that empowers four more to step up, and then you, you know what I mean. Right. So thank you, thank you. I, Believe yeah. women. Period. Twenty-two allegations. Do you think by the twentieth girl she wouldn't understand if it was just a money grab? That at that right. point there's already twenty people to split it up with. Right. It's not a class action lawsuit where some lawyer started going around being like, "Hey, anyone want to get in on this?" Like, right. Uh, there's no mesothelioma yeah. commercial on TV for Deshaun Watson sex victims. You know. And you're a Houston Chronicle reporter. You're not some, like, shitbag political pundit, okay? This is a a newspaper in an area where people rely on this for being, like, factual information. Sure. And you're going to say some shit like that. I mean, also dumping Deshaun Watson, already dumped, though, like, period. I didn't have to dump him. Houston already did that for us. But, like, come on. Hmm. You're going to stand no, by this guy a... with 22 women? Right. Understand that they're not going to have like a constant money train from this guy moving forward. It's just disgusting. Yeah. So, fuck you. And actually, yeah, quick follow-up to this, he was fired, by the way, this reporter. Yeah. Yeah, I know the Bears were looking at him for a time, and then that quick, very, very quickly. So, still crushing on my Chicago Bears for that. Well, look, people were like, well, Deshaun Watson go to the New England Patriots? And we're like, no, we hate ourselves, so we're just going to stick with Cam Newton if it's all the same to you. <laughs> Do we want to pick up J- Jimmy Garoppolo again, who uh, won all four games that he started for us and already knows Bill's methods of teaching? And no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, we're just going to keep losing if it's okay with everybody for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Understandable. But yeah, oh I definitely don't want Deshaun Watson, so fuck him and this guy, and goodbye. It's not you, yeah. it's us. 
Or it's not Jack, us, it's go you. Ahead. Lose that number. Lose our number. It's fine. His phone's going to be shut off soon anyway. He does unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. you got anything else? Any shout outs? I do not have any shout outs. Uh, yeah, no, I can't think of anything right now. Um, but yeah. How about you? Nope, nothing. Nothing. All right. Well, you know what? Then how about you all just take care of each other and educate the younger yous, you little Franks and Beanies? Absolutely. 100%. Take care of your little Franks and Beanies. If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Franks.